Brought to you by the Mutual Audio Network. With a name like Mutual, it has to be good. The following audio drama is rated G, which means it's safe for families and folks of all ages. Enjoy! And now, Dakota Ring Theater presents the continuing adventures of Canada's greatest superhero, that scourge of the underworld, hunter of those who prey upon the innocent, that marvelous masked mystery man known only as the Red Panda! The Red Panda, mysterious crusader for justice, hides his true identity as one of the city's wealthiest men in his never-ending battle against crime and corruption. Only his fiancée, Kit Baxter, who joins him in his quest in the guise of the Flying Squirrel, knows who wears the mask of the Red Panda. This episode, The Mask of Death. Attention passengers, train 33, Windsor to Montreal, will be arriving in Union Station in 15 minutes. Passengers traveling east should proceed to track two at once. I repeat, train 33, arriving from Windsor at track two in 15... Everybody shut up! I said pipe down! Now that we have your attention, everybody move to the center of the hall. Nice and quiet. No sudden movements, mister. It'd be a shame to spoil that nice new suit with a great big bullet hole. Why are you doing this? Please, my children... Lady, I got a train station full of people to manage just now. So the best thing for you and your kids to do is to make nice and quiet and take a seat in the center of the hall. Hear that, all you punks? Center of the hall! No! Hack! Jerry! What's the rumpus? The blast sealed off the east doors, just like the maestro planned. Swell! You take Mick and two of the meat puppets and chain off the doors on the north side. Move it. Eddie, you take the rest and make sure no one gets in or out of the platforms till we get it locked down. This is crazy, Hack. How are we supposed to seal off a room like this? It's too big, too many doors. Keep your head, idiot. The big boss has it all planned out. Just get it sealed up now. Inside ten minutes, nobody's going to want to get within a half mile of this place, much less come storming in. But the panda... You worry about them platforms and let me worry about the panda. Now get them zombies over there and make with the guard duty. Right, Hack. Are you coming with them tanks, Mr. Maestro? Tapped right into the sprinkler system, Hack. Just as planned. We tripped the fire alarm and they changed the name to... Undead station inside five minutes. Yes, sir. All right, listen up, people. Shut up! You will notice that my associates and I have loaded Tommy guns and a certain quantity of explosives rigged around the building. You will also notice that several large tanks marked Danger have been hooked up to the sprinkler system. And while you may not know what this means, you know it can't possibly be good. Please! Lady... You are getting on my nerves, I swear. You would be right in observing that some of my comrades are unarmed. I hope it will dissuade you from rushing them if I mention that they are the reanimated dead. And what they lack in the coordination and table manners, they are more than make up for in the pulling people's arms off department. The door is sealed off, Hack. Good work. You mugs help Eddie and his boys. Right. 
You will observe, I hope, that my associates and I have a plan. This is excellent news for you. If this were a random act, you would most likely be dead already. We want nothing from you. You are bargaining chips. Sit quietly for a few hours, and each and every one of you has an excellent chance of living Trudis and having an exciting story to sell to the papers. Cross us, and you will join the lumbering ranks of the undead you see before you. The choice is yours. You there. Yeah, you, Poindexter. Reach behind that window and take that telephone, nice and slow. Good. Now dial this number. Give me that. Talk to me. Yeah, it's Hack. We're locked down and ready. Excellent. You don't disappoint, Mr. Hack. No, ma'am. Well, this may get complicated down there. I'm counting on you. You got nothing to worry about, Professor Zombie. <laughs> But he has excellent references. I didn't say he didn't. But you don't want me to hire him. No, I really don't. He's been the Farnsworth's junior chauffeur for three years now. They recommended him very highly when they heard there was an opening. So who says there's an opening? I think they just kind of assumed that when they heard I was planning to marry my last driver. So who asked a Farnsworth to butt in anyway? I thought it was a nice gesture. Most of the stuffed shirt crowd doesn't really know what to say to us just yet. This is a nice gesture. They're trying, Kit. It's an alien concept to some of them. And don't get that determined set to your jaw. I'm sure you've been getting some strange reactions around your neighborhood, too. Mm, well, maybe. See? Let's give people a chance. In the meantime, we need a new driver. And how long before he figures out our little secret, huh? And you can only erase the same information, what, three or four times? We'll cross that bridge when we come to it. No, boss. I mean... Would it help if I put the mask on so you could call me that? Don't change the subject. <laughs> One of the reasons that we've been able to be so good at what we do is we don't have to waste a lot of time and energy coming up with half-baked excuses to change costume or pretend to be, what, amateur criminologists? What kind of a cover is that for a secret identity? What are you saying? I don't want to pretend to be somebody else when I'm with you. It doesn't matter that nobody else knows who we are. We know. Then what? Should we make one of the agents our driver? Mm, anybody we bring in that far would know everything. And that puts everybody at risk. Them, us, our families, my mom. I can't sit in the back seat and let my fiancé drive me around, Kit. So we park the limo and get something sporty and fun to drive. Something I can modify three ways from Sunday for extra kicks. And you sit in the front seat and let your fiancé drive you around. We'd stand out. We'd attract attention. You're marrying your driver. A Scottish, Dutch, who knows what else, boxer's daughter without two nickels to rub together. You're the wacky billionaire from now on. Deal with it. That's the emergency teletype. Hot chocolate and last some action. This... This can't possibly be right. It's got to be right, boss. It's a direct line from our central dispatch station. Which is exactly why it shouldn't be carrying a personal invitation from Professor Zombie. You're late. You have some explaining to do, Antonia. Do you think so? I sent a message on an encrypted wire for you to meet me on this rooftop in 20 minutes or face consequences beyond your wildest nightmares. You arrived 26 minutes later. 
I'm brilliant, and you need a new wristwatch. What's to explain? It's an interesting point. How did you tap the emergency teletype line? Uh-uh. Never explain your powers to the good guys. Where is your little... pet? Who? Don't play dumb. It looks ridiculous on you. Where is the squirrel? You don't go anywhere without her anymore. She'll be along. There were quite a few sirens coming from a few blocks away. She went to investigate. You're a liar. I really am. You always used to open our spitting matches with a little compliment. My dress, my hair, my shoes, it was charming. But since you did no such thing, I can only assume that you don't want to make the sidekick jealous. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm so pleased to hear it. You know she won't look half so nice in a cat suit when she's my age. All right, Professor Zombie. Two steps back and hands in your pockets. Ah, the green-eyed monster rears its head at last. <laughs> They're brown, actually. Oh, would you please read her some Shakespeare? It would improve her banter ever so much. Boss, can you find out what she wants so as I can get down to cleaning her clock? That seems fair. Zombie? I'm sure that you two brilliant detectives have deduced that the nearby wail of sirens from Union Station is no mere coincidence. We did indeed. Shall I describe the situation to you? I think we've got the nuances. Squirrel? The boys in blue have a cordon around the building for three blocks in every direction. Trains are holding a half mile out. The Great Hall's been sealed off, half full of passengers waiting for the 10.30 to Montreal. A half dozen goons armed to the teeth and 20 of your ghouls. We were six minutes late for a reason. Then you know, I imagine, that the police have been warned about the Necronium 234 and the sprinkler system. If my men trip the fire alarms, you'll have an instant army of the undead where a throng of innocents once stood. We also know that you've issued no demands. Correct. In time, my men will issue a phony ransom demand to keep the authorities chasing their tails. <laughs> the real negotiation is just between us. You have my attention. Three days ago, I was to meet with an associate. An old friend who had undertaken a small errand on my behalf. His name? John Drake. John Drake? The high-priced fortune hunter? He would prefer a freelance archaeologist and adventurer. I'm sure he would. This must have been quite an errand if you were prepared to pay Drake's rates. I'll have you know John was doing me a personal favor. Gratis. Why would he do that? Use your imagination, little girl. I imagine that he stood you up, princess. He was murdered. I... that is... Oh, speechless? Well, this is a red-letter day. I'm sorry, Professor Zombie, but I don't see what this has to do with us or the room full of hostages. Isn't it obvious? I want you to find his murderer. And then? Bring him to me. I'll take care of the rest. We're not in the revenge business, Antonia. And if we were, you wouldn't be walking around. What right now doesn't seem like such a bad idea. But you are in the business of saving the innocent. From harm, from death, from loss, from pain, all of which will follow if you fail me. Not only for the hostages, from whom my brilliant compound will leech the sweet gift of life, but from those whom they will destroy when I turn them loose. You're a monster. Yes. You don't think that we're going I'm not to... asking you to commit a crime. I'm asking you to solve a murder. And prevent hundreds more. In a nutshell. You don't give us much choice. That was the general idea. 
It would help if we knew what Drake's errand was. I don't like this, boss. Breaking into the museum? Don't get cute. We're only breaking in because Dr. C is on a speaking tour. It's doing a supervillain's dirty work that gives me the heebie-jeebies. You're making the large assumption that I intend to honor the agreement. Well, if we're planning a double-cross, shouldn't we be getting down to business? That's just what I'm doing. Dr. Chronopolis has surprisingly well-organized files on known artifacts reputed to possess mystical powers... I'm hoping we may find the artifact John Drake was supposed to bring to Professor Zombie listed in here. So we know who might want it badly enough to bump him off. Right. Beyond Professor Zombie, naturally. Do you really think she'd go this far out of her way to create an alibi? Yes. Fair point. Aha! Found it? The Mask of Zorastra, tribal voodoo artifact reputed to grant the wearer the power to see beyond the walls of death and to manipulate the forces of life energy. Mode of use unknown. Fell into the hands of a private collector in the Caribbean in 1850. Uh, Believed to be in the southwestern United States since the turn of the century. Hmm, Never been tested for mystical energies. So this might be magic and might just be a hunk of wood? Hmm. At the very least, it's a hunk of wood that Professor Zombie prized enough to send Drake into danger for. Boss, ain't we just spinning our wheels here? Whoever Drake took the mask off of probably caught up with him. Very likely. And if that was three days ago, why would they stick around? Why not wing straight home? A fair question. Doesn't this whole thing become a moot point in a heck of a hurry if we bust up Zombie's goons and take away our bargaining chips? What did you have in mind? That's where I kind of run out of steam, actually. Hmm. Yes. I mean, I know we can take out the goons, and we've handled her zombies before. But any way you slice it, there's no way to be sure that the switch won't get pulled on those necronium tanks. An unacceptable risk. Particularly as we've been offered another way. If she keeps her word. Otherwise, she'll dose those people to cover her tracks. To say nothing of her own men. Boss! Well, that sounded promising. Her men! Professor Zombie's never worked with real live henchmen before. Just zombies. And that's often been her undoing. Right. So, who would take a job with Zombie's outfit if there was a chance they'd wind up a drooling undead knuckle-dragger? Squirrel, you're brilliant. I kind of am, aren't I? She must have devised a means of making her own men immune to the effects of her necronium compound. Now we just have to figure out how. And fast! You are listening to the Red Panda Adventures from Decoder Ring Theater. Your address for adventure, mystery, and comedy. Three ninety one calling one. Three ninety one calling one. This is one. Go ahead, three ninety one. I got the skinny, and I'm in the alley, but I don't see you. Do you see a gray cord hanging down over the side of the building? Yes, sir. Clip the safety brace to your belt. What? Oh, okay. Now what? Hold on tight. What? (laughs) Quiet, Harry. Chief, that was amazing. That pulled me ten stories straight up. And if I wanted to attract that much attention to us, I'd have stood in the middle of the street with a Roman candle. Did you manage to get into this station? I sure did. How did you get past the police cordon? They didn't think to 
post, no guards, and the drainage pipes. Good boy. What did you see? It was just like you said. The tanks are hooked right into the main sprinklers. They got men and zombies all over the place. The hostages are in the middle of the room. Even if you could get the grate open, you couldn't get more than one out at a time through the pipe. And only if they weren't much bigger than me. Just as I feared. Did you pick up anything that might give us a clue to the location of their hideout? Negative. But I think I recognize one of them. You did? Who? You remember last spring when Constable Parker and I were staking out that warehouse with a gas bomb racket? Yes, of course. You remember that skinny guy? The one that made the poison gas? Arthur Maestro? Maestro! That was his name. I knew it was something funny. If Maestro is in on this, it all makes sense now. It sure does. Professor Zombie has been underground since she escaped from prison last year. If she'd stuck her nose out far enough to form her own gang, we'd have heard of it. Right! But it would be easy enough for her to cross paths with Maestro's mob. She's always been more of a chemist than a necromancer. That's what I said. Good work, Harry. Gosh, thanks. What do we do now? I head across town to check out the last known hideout of the Maestro's mob. If they've been working for Zombie, I may discover the formula they've developed to make their soldiers immune to the Necronium 234. If we could pass that immunity onto the hostages, we could remove the greatest risk to raiding the station. But they got Tommy guns and bombs and zombies! Well, I was planning on taking the flying squirrel with me. Oh, yeah, that ought to do it. What do I do? About what? Oh. If it'll cut you off mid pout, you can hang on to the radio ring for a little while. Really? Oh, boy! For emergencies only, Harry. Yes, sir, I promise. Oh, boy, oh, boy! Good luck, Red Panda! Who is it? What do you mean, who is it? Who do you think it is, you fool? All right, keep your shirt on. You're three days late, you... Ow! Well, well, well. The legendary John Drake. You don't mind if I come in, do you? Who are you? I don't much like your tone, sweet pea. I think you'll find this goes more smoothly if you keep a civil tongue in your head and sit in that chair, nice and pretty. You'll forgive me if I was a little harsh. I'm not used to being smacked in the face by such lovely guests. I bet that's not true, Mr. Drake. From what I hear, you're quite a a gentleman adventurer in more ways than one. That's the trouble with reputations. They have a way of preceding you. (laughs) Don't they just? And on that subject, you can only be the flying squirrel. Now, why would an international freelance archaeologist need to know a thing like that? I was warned about you by a friend. This, uh, friend of yours wouldn't be a supervillain, would she? Labels, labels. (laughs) You think you're awful charming, don't you? Well, one tries. Let's see if I've got the nuances here, shall we? I wish you would. Uh, will you have a drink? No, and neither will you. Sit still. Yes, ma'am. So, you get a call from our mutual friend, Professor Zombie. It was a telegram, actually. You shut up now. The two of you meet. She's got a little job for you. She's heard tell of an artifact that may or may not have heebie-jeebie powers. Oh, it has. Are you still talking? Nope. Good boy. It's an ancient mask that's supposed to let you see beyond the walls of death, whatever that means, and she wants it. The mask has been in the hands of private collectors for 80 years, which makes it less like archaeology and more like out-and-out stealing. So my guess is you didn't want anything to do with it. At first. Antonia can be persuasive. So I gathered. 
So you got your hands on the mask, and for the moment, let's assume that I don't really care how. Oh, come on. Don't gloss over the best part. It was in the hands of a terribly earnest, but not at all talented doomsday cult. They didn't have a clue how to use it, but they did have a notion of how to unlock its power. Sooner or later, they'd have gained tremendous power over the forces of life and death, or killed themselves in the process. In either case, I couldn't leave it in their hands. No, not if it was as valuable as all that. After all, priceless antiquities are one thing, but power, real power, that fetches a better price, doesn't it? A price attractive enough to bust your deal with Professor Zombie. <laughs> no one is that persuasive. Though, I suspect you could be if you put your mind to it. <laughs> put your mind to this. <coughs> what was that for? Peaches. I'm sure you get away with murder with a lady, so I don't object to you trying. You're easy on the eyes. Tough as nails and a practiced liar. And a lot of girls might go for that. But I can't begin to tell you the number of ways that next to my fella, you're a pastry chef. So let's not make me do that again, Kay? Fair enough. So you figured out that I faked my own murder. I wonder how. I like a little credit as much as the next masked marvel, but don't give me too much. I started at the other end of the equation. How so? The odds were that if you'd been murdered, it was by whoever you'd stolen this death mask from in the first place. Granted. And since we didn't know who they were, and they almost certainly wouldn't have still been around, chasing that lead wasn't going to help us as much with a train station full of hostages. What? Shut up. But what if it were someone else? If the mask did have spooky powers... The powers displayed by this mask are beyond spooky, miss. Properly used, this mask could finally give Professor Zombie the powers she's always longed for. Direct power to manipulate the forces of life energy. Control who lives and who dies. Bleed a nation of people of so much life force, they have no choice but to live as her zombie playthings. I couldn't give the mask to her. No. You brought it straight to the Nazis. What? See, that's where I started. Assuming John Drake tried to double-cross Zombie, who would have the means and the motive to make it worth his while? And I came straight to the suite of rooms still held in reserve for the scientific advisor to the German Reich. Imagine my surprise when you opened the door. Wait. If you suspected von Schlitz, why imitate his voice? Because he was the one guy I knew wouldn't be in here. Ferretti boy met with an accident about a week ago. Is that a fact? News travels slow in the jungle. You're very resourceful. <laughs> You're not smiling your way out of this one, handsome. The only question is, what do we do with you? You're late. I am, aren't I? You're distressingly confident. We aren't going to have a problem, are we? As a matter of fact, I don't anticipate any problem at all. Do I have to remind you that I have in my hand a remote detonation switch that will flood Union Station with my brilliant compound, Necronium 234? Not at all. Or just what effect the sudden appearance of a zombie army in the middle of downtown might have? You have been crystal clear at every stage of our discussions, Antonia. You know me well enough to know I'm not that dim. And you know me well enough to know I'll kill to make a point if I have to. Indeed I do. And still you smile. Call this off, Professor Zombie. It was a bad caper from the start. It was designed first and last to involve the only two people in the city who could stop you, and who would never let you get away with anything as powerful as this mask is supposed to be. Are you giving me one last chance? Yes. 
Which means either you're bluffing like the arrogant brute that you are... Yes? ...or you think you've already won. Let me guess, the squirrel has a boomerang aimed at the back of my head. Sweetie, I don't need props for little old you. You've recovered the mask of Zorastra? We did, actually. And under what rock did you find Mr. Drake? What? You knew he was alive? Then the plea for help was... A song and dance? <laughs> I thought as long as you were under the impression that you were outsmarting someone, it might keep you interested. Purely out of curiosity, who was he selling me out to? The Nazis. Oh, my. Very nasty piece of work that is. Don't get me wrong. I'll use it for my own evil purposes. But you can still call it a good day's work that you kept it out of his hands. You're making the rather large assumption that you're leaving here with the mask. I am, aren't I? Maybe it's the thousand hostages that has me so confident. On the subject of outsmarting people, perhaps you'd care to open this. This envelope looks much too thin to contain either my mask or John Drake's severed head. How disappointing. What's this? Oh. Yeah. Oh. I'm sure you recognize the chemical formula you worked out with your confederate Arthur Maestro. The gas that gave he and his men immunity to your zombification agent? The same gas we've been flooding Union Station with for the last hour. Everybody in that place is zombie-proof. But not bulletproof. If I flip the switch, the crowd will panic. My men will open fire. People will die. Or? I walk away with the mask and Drake's whereabouts. Oh, only a complete win. Is that all? Drake broke a number of federal and international laws... He's in RCMP custody now. And without getting specific on just where the mask is, you can't have it. So, your counter-offer is... A head start. What? There's still a contingent of armed thugs and zombie henchmen to clean up. You hang them out to dry, and in return, you get a head start. Of how long? However long it takes us. I'd hurry if I were you. Blast both of you. This isn't over. I'll be back. Antonia. The new cloak really does look lovely. Always the gentleman. And so concludes another adventure of the Red Panda. This recording and the story, characters, and situations contained therein are the exclusive property of their creator and copyright holder, Greg Taylor, and are produced and distributed by Decoder Ring Theater through arrangement with him. These recordings may not be rebroadcast or redistributed by any means for any reason without express permission. Until next time, when Decoder Ring Theater brings you the further thrilling adventures of Canada's greatest superhero, this is Stephen Burley reminding you DecoderRingTheater.com is your address to adventure! The Red Panda Adventures, episode 38, The Mask of Death, was written and directed by Greg Taylor with original music by Andrea Lyons and featured the vocal talents of Gregory Z. Cook, M. John Kennedy, Christopher Mott, Michael Booth, Andrea Lyons, Shannon Arnold, Clarissa Denetterlanden, and Greg Taylor. Until next time, for all of us here, good night. Ah, Saturday's Story Circle in the Mutual Audio Network. A time for the family to gather together and enjoy tales filled with adventure, humor, and fun. 
Speaking of family-friendly, have you listened to Bells in the Bathroom? Catch it on Friday Follies and every other week on Sunday Showcase. It's a time for the family to gather together and enjoy tales filled with stinky puns, odd characters, and bizarre plots, such as they are. Bells in the Bathroom on the Mutual Audio Network. It will have your family going around in circles.